Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Main Street Telegraph, the podcast that brings you your Disney news in 15 minutes or less. Throughout October, you can expect extra episode releases. This week is the first of a series of episodes all about how Halloween is celebrated in Disney parks outside of the U.S. I'll be covering Paris, Tokyo, and Hong Kong. The last week of October, I will release a special history episode about the first Silly Symphony cartoon, The Skeleton Dance. I want to give a really big thank you to everyone who rated MST on iTunes. MST, Main Street Telegraph. I'm going to try to make that a thing. (laughs) I finally have an average rating. If you haven't hopped over there yet, please do so if you get the chance. It really does help. You can also follow the Main Street Telegraph over on Facebook. You'll always know as soon as a new episode is posted, and you'll also get blog posts and Instagram roundups in your feed, which is super convenient. Today's trivia question might be a little more difficult for the younger set, but this is a movie I definitely recommend watching, and it's really great for the Halloween season. In the movie Bedknobs and Broomsticks, what is the name of the London street market where the spell book was purchased? I'll give you a hint, it's also the subject and name of one of the songs in the film. The October issue of Time Magazine is all about the 50 genius companies of 2018 and Disney's CEO Bob Iger is on the cover. You can find the link to the online article and other helpful links over at MainStreetTelegraph.com. Iger became CEO in 2005 when the company was experiencing a dip, and it's easy to see that he definitely turned things around. He's picked successful films, acquired the right companies, and encouraged innovation. Disney has applied for more than four times as many patents than in previous years. Now Disney is set to create its own streaming service. This is sort of mentioned in the article regarding Walt himself selling his first cartoon to one distributor back in 1923, but I've been doing some research for a special episode that I will air later this month, which I mentioned earlier, on the history of the Skeleton Dance Silly Symphony cartoon. Back then, Walt was having a hard time getting anyone to distribute his work so people could see it. Then Disney made its own distribution company in 1953, Buena Vista Distribution, And now, Disney will be pushing its content directly into customers' living rooms. Anyway, go find the link, go pick up a copy of the magazine if you want to check it out. Speaking of innovation, there have been some details released on projects they've been working on over at Disney Research. The Paint Copter is a paint-spraying drone that carries out its job autonomously. That is, there isn't a person on the ground flying it around. You could have it paint a whole area or draw specific lines. I think one of the headlines I saw was, Disney creates a paint spraying drone for some reason. But with how they try to keep things looking nice in the parks, except for maybe Toontown in Disneyland for some reason, I could see this as pretty dang useful. And commercially, I can see that people would be interested in it. Disney Research has also put a twist on the bipedal robot or a robot that walks on two legs. To get smoother movement, usually more motors are added to the legs of the robot, giving it more joints. But in nature, that isn't how things work or look. As stated over at the Hackster blog, people can walk efficiently because of the opposing tension of muscles and tendons, and not because our legs have many degrees of freedom. So they looked at that and placed most of the motors to make the robot walk in the hips. The center of gravity stays close to the pelvis, like in a person, and walks smoothly through linkages in the legs. I'm probably not really the best at explaining this, but if you head to my website, you can find a link to a video to check it out yourself. 
While it's been forecasted that Disney's purchase of 20th Century Fox will be finalized in early 2019, rumors have been going around that it could come to a close even sooner, by the end of this year. This would be really strange, as this is a long, complicated process, taking 12 to 18 months, and the deal started kicking around last December. There are some ramifications that people are expecting to see from this merger. Marvel Studios visual design supervisor Andy Park told ComicBook.com that there aren't any plans in the works to bring the previously sectioned off Marvel characters like X-Men and Fantastic Four, but that it is a really exciting possibility. Quote, That whole Disney buying Fox deal is... None of us saw that coming, and we're amazed and excited because we always dreamed of having the X-Men and Fantastic Four in the MCU, but nothing's actually been decided or announced. CEO Bob Iger was quoted in a different interview, I want to be careful here because of what's been communicated to the Fox folks, but I think they know. It only makes sense for Marvel to be supervised by one entity. There shouldn't be two Marvels. I think it would be hard to find people that would disagree with that. If you're going to be near Disneyland this year on Thanksgiving, you should start making your reservations now. You don't even need to buy a ticket to celebrate the holiday with Disney. On the 22nd, Disneyland Hotel opens up its grand ballroom for an all-you-can-eat buffet. This includes artisanal cheeses, seafood, carved meats, pumpkin pie, and the rest of the classics. The Earl of Sandwich in downtown Disney will have a special turkey sandwich for the holiday and a child-sized version that comes with a slice of pumpkin pie. If you do plan to be in the park for Thanksgiving, Cafe Orleans will have a special Monte Cristo available, stuffed with turkey and accompanied by cranberry sauce and gravy. Blue Bayou will be serving a Thanksgiving meal as well, which includes a Creole-style and dewy sausage stuffing and pumpkin creme brulee. You can find seasonal tamales over at Rancho del Zocalo in Frontierland. One of my favorite restaurants, Carthay Circle in California Adventure, also has a seasonal menu, and you can find a spiced pumpkin bar for dessert there. And while you're over in that park, Pacific Wharf Cafe will have a turkey soup and a bread bowl and pumpkin spice bread pudding. You can also find classic Thanksgiving meals on November 22nd at several locations in the parks, including Carnation Cafe, the Plaza Inn, River, River Bell Terrace, French Market, Wine Country Tartoria, and Flo's V8 Cafe. You can find seasonal menus and classic Thanksgiving fare at most of the sit-down restaurants over at Walt Disney World as well. Menus and participation haven't totally been announced yet, but these are the locations that typically participate. Check out the Coral Reef Restaurant, Le Cellier Steakhouse, I'm not really sure if I pronounced that right, uh, Sun <laughs> Sunshine Seasons, Akershus, Bear Garden, Rosen Crown, Satouli Canteen, Tusker House, or the Hollywood Brown Derby. Oh my gosh. Again, always, always, always make reservations. And while Thanksgiving is a popular time to go, Thanksgiving Day isn't the most crowded. You can usually expect far more people on Black Friday. I'm sure everyone has heard by now that Disneyland will be serving alcohol in Star Wars Land, a first for that park. While the story was posted up on the Main Street Telegraph's Facebook page, since it was announced during a break in the show, it was old news by the next episode, but I think it's worth mentioning just to get people really excited for a cantina. According to Forbes, 
analysts, quote, analysts close to the company, whatever that really means, have said that we can expect special effects as well as house-branded wine and beer. So, I don't know. You could order a glass of um, Bantha milk? Well, hopefully they're more creative than me. Ugh. Um, and who will be serving us? Can we expect cast members in costume? I'm just feeling a Trader Sam's times 50 here, and I'm super into it. But there are already many other places where someone can get a drink on Disney properties. But did you know you can get frozen cocktails? You can find Buzz Pop Cocktails, a boozy push-up pop at Disney Springs in Florida. The alcohol content is at 15%, so no messing around. And come in flavors like Moscow Mule, Margarita, Mango Passion Fruit, and Blueberry Pomegranate. Also, they're only 100 calories each. With all the live-action remakes of animated features, what I'm about to say probably won't surprise you that much. Lilo and Stitch will be getting the treatment next. The movie came out in 2002, that's 16 years ago, which is shocking to me, but I guess it's kind of funny how animated features can age so well. The script will be written by Mike Van Ways, and it will be produced by Dan Lin and Jonathan Eyrick, who are also producing the live-action Aladdin. The Naples Pizzeria in downtown Disney, California reopened at the end of last month, but the renovations haven't been totally completed yet. But for now, you can eat in the upstairs dining area under twinkling chandeliers and enjoy the view from the patio. This renovation is part of a massive overhaul happening in downtown Disney that saw the removal of some businesses and the addition of others. A new 700-room hotel was also part of those plans, but those plans have since been cancelled, as Disney and the city of Anaheim had come to a disagreement in relation to the tax break they were giving the company to build it. I will be keeping an eye on how that plays into how they choose to shape downtown Disney in the future. If you want to hear a bit more about that hotel business, go ahead and go listen to my Disney Wage Wars special that I did a couple of weeks ago, uh, as this definitely plays into all those negotiations and what's happening with that. As always, I do try to label all of my shows and blog posts with keywords so that you can easily search and find what you're looking for on my website. So remember that is an option. The answer to today's trivia question. In the movie Bedknobs and Broomsticks, what is the name of the London street market where the spell book was purchased? It's Portobello Road. Feel free to hit me up on Facebook and let me know how you did with this question, as I feel like it, it's, it's much more difficult than I usually do. That's all for this week, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes if you like the show, and if you really love it, tell a friend. I can always be reached at MainStreetTelegraph at gmail.com, where you can send me questions, comments, corrections, criticisms, whatever you like. MST does have a website, MainStreetTelegraph.com, where you can locate and download podcasts, find useful links from today's show, and browse blog posts. Don't forget to check out this week's other show, where I dive into how Halloween is celebrated at Disney's Park in Paris, France. Farewell, and happy October. Thank you.